0: Have you found the purpose of your God-given ministry yet? Have you been feeling like something of essence is missing from the way you reach out to people? Tune in to hear the story of a passionate leader and an entrepreneur who journeyed across various paths to fulfill God's plan for her life. Here's a conversation with Pastor Anuradha Das on today's Leadership Talk.
1: Greetings in Jesus' name. Welcome to Leadership Talk Podcast. It is such a joy to have each and every one of you tune in month after month to receive fresh, inspiring content that will equip and bless you. Today, I have a dear friend all the way from Gurgaon, who is a guest on this podcast. And I would love for you to get to know her and to know her journey and to know how the Lord has been using her uh, to inspire a lot of people and to bless so many people. So help me welcome Pastor Anuradha Dash all the way from Gurgaon. Uh, Thank you, Pastor, for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time. Would you take a minute to just welcome and greet our listeners?
0: Yeah, what a privilege it is to be with you today and talking about my life. And I want to greet everybody who's hearing. And you're not listening to us by chance. And it's by design and something. uh, God may speak to you. Your intuition may speak to you. And some direction you're going to find perhaps you are looking for it. So, I'm Anuradha. I come from a Hindu family buster and I'm from a Brahman family and I I got saved when I wanted to commit suicide. I lost in business, I lost in relationship, I wanted to get married to somebody but it broke up and... And everybody left me practically, so I felt so betrayed by everybody and everybody cheated me, like maybe I bumped into wrong people or uh, my decisions were wrong, whatever it was. I was so tired of everything, I wanted to die. And 9th of January 2004, where I encountered Jesus and everything changed. Wow,
1: wow. That's amazing. We know that if it was not for that encounter in many of our lives, we would not be doing what we are doing right now. And we would be the same like everybody else in the world. How did that encounter change how you live after that point? How did that change the way you would make your decisions? How did that change the way you would interact with people around you?
0: for me i was very broken when i was a teenager a lot of things happened to me we we may not go into the direction today but when i was totally uh frustrated with myself when i met jesus i realized that it is not the problem was not with me alone like not with the world alone the problem was uh, i had a lot of pride i had a lot of unforgiveness and i could not harm anybody but i would hold grudges, like. I'll boil myself with the grudges that I can have for someone who uh, betrayed me or cheated me or harmed me. And um, that time when I met Jesus in a very small life group meeting, I didn't want to believe anybody. When they asked me that, would you like to invite Jesus to your heart? I said, no, I don't want to do that. But something changed within me. First time in my life. I thought that maybe I need to change. And I know now that it was Holy Spirit who touched me that day. So the gentleman who took me to the meeting, I asked him to give me a Bible because I did not know, hear anybody by then. So I took the Bible and I finished it in four months. And as I was finishing the Bible, little by little, a conviction was coming to me. I could realize that Jesus is not about religion and God is all about love. And uh, when I stopped at Daniel chapter 4, when I read about Nebuchadnezzar, that's where I realized my biggest problem was pride. And then when I came to Luke chapter, Luke, where Jesus says that forgive your enemies. First time in my life, I read somewhere somebody telling that forgive your enemies. I said, I can't even forgive my friends sometimes. And here somebody's telling me to forgive my enemies. I started it with my mother because uh, when my father passed away, when I was young, I held my mother responsible for it in my heart. So I disconnected from her after that. As I left the city, I didn't want to talk to her. I would talk to her through my sisters. And I hated her because I felt she killed my, my father. They had an argument and that's the day my father met with an accident. So I felt that she killed him indirectly. So six years I had that grudge in my heart and when in the book of Luke I read Jesus telling as if Jesus was standing in front of me and telling me forgive your mom. So first time I released her from my heart and immediately the next thing happened I paused and I thanked God for uh, her for giving me birth, to bring me to this world, which I never thought by then in my life that I should pause and thank my mother for bringing me to this world. I think that was a remarkable time of encounter that I had with the word of God. And as I was reading, I I had a lot of visions. I could cry a lot. I could see the pictures in the Bible, like as I was reading the gospel, I would feel that I'm in that place where Jesus is feeding 5,000. I'm in that place where he's in, uh, on the cross in Golgatha. I'm in that place where he's sitting with Jackie is without speaking a word. Jackie is, is getting changed and conviction is coming. I could go into that place. Now I know it. those were visions, encounters. Those days I just read it like, um, a storybook, and it was changing me. So Bible is amazing. I think uh, if if somebody can go through the Word of God, it's life changing. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so it's not just a feeling or it's not just an experience that is temporary. Now that encounter with God becomes a lifestyle as you read the Word and you love uh, God's ways of doing things to transform you. Right.
0: And lot of things. I think the first thing happened, he changed me from within. Then he changed my circumstances. Let me take you to the first day when I went to the life group meeting, I had only 100 rupees in my pocket. I crashed in business by then and I had nobody to ask money from. I had just some jewelry I had to sold and survive on it. And the last 100 rupees I had and in four months time, I had 17 lakhs in my account. So God God caught my attention by giving me a financial breakthrough because he knew that I'm like the Peter. My boat has to be full of fish and I'm planning how I can have more fish. That's the time he said that come and follow
1: me. Wow, That's, that's so powerful. I like what you said. God changed things inside of me before he changed the circumstances around me. And that's something that we have to usually wait for. Uh, I love the Lord to work inside of us first. And I'd love to know what do you do today? Uh, how do you serve God? Uh, what are the things that you're passionate about? And what are the things that you're pursuing with your life?
0: To be honest, initially when I came to Lord, I watched many uh, and I just wanted everybody to fall when I pray. So that became my goal that I'll be super powerful and I'll be fully anointed, which happened. Uh, I would have so much of anointing that uh, when I passed by people will manifest the demons and uh, God powerfully started using me without going to rehab people would get delivered from drugs and I started to help people to have marriages and I would counsel people just in 20 minutes life will change and by 2008 I was ordained as pastor and I was fully into it like I lived and breathed ministry that time I did everything because I loved it when I would see a life is changing that was such a high I would have that I want to just see lives changed but slowly slowly I realized being a Hindu I realized that um, uh, for us to leave all other Gods and come to one God surrendering life was difficult for many people. So that is where, in 2009, I started to change my way of reaching out to people. I realized that they they get the miracle, they come to God, they get the healing, but I'm not able to set them free from all other things. So that is where I changed my way. Then I started to win hearts. I realized that I have to connect with them more because if we are asking them to leave everything, just do one thing, uh, they don't understand it. So I started to give them uh, a surrounding to decide. Earlier, like I was, okay, do this. And if you don't do this, it's not good. You know, that a strict uh, spirit I had. And slowly, slowly I realized, no, uh, I have to help them make the decision. So 98% people that I work with are from Hindu background. Only two percent would be Christians or Muslims. So all the Hindu people, so I understand because uh, you can't just tell them to leave all the 33,000 gods that they worship. Even I worship Jesus one in them, keeping Jesus along with them. So that's where my way pattern changed and uh, somewhere I found myself among the corporate people, intellectual people. And they would just not um, believe that God made world in six days they would just not believe that the holy spirit is real, and they would not believe so many things because they are thinkers they are uh they are in, they are intelligent people they're uh, the high profile people who have achieved things in life so they believe that they are the one who achieved it like they worked hard and they made it so i found myself among those people so my slowly slowly my pattern changed and in 2010, I had an encounter with God's love. And I soaked and cried for hours and hours when I was hearing uh, Bob Jones talking about what actually would matter after we leave the body. So that's the time God spoke to me, are you perfect in love? And from 2010 till today, I'm just trying to practice love. And my, my main message became love. And I, I've taught, I started to teach people that if you are not able to love, then you have failed in all other gifts. So since then, I'm trying to perfect myself in love because this is what Jesus always asked me: Are you perfect in love? That's the only thing He's going to ask. Did you did you actually love? Because He said that through your love, people will know that you are My disciple. So that's the only thing finally he said before he left. Wow.
1: So everything else that you do is an overflow of that one instruction you receive from the Lord about being perfect in love.
0: Yes. 2010, then I started to uh, develop ideas. How can I reach to them? So I have a company known as My Precious Life where we talk to people about um, not not to commit suicide, people with the depression and frustration. So. All over the world, God took, took me to have conferences where I just tell people, pause and listen to people. Just pause and listen. If you can just pause and listen to that individual who's thinking of committing suicide, the person will change the mind. So this is, this is how I ended up with having my precious life. And nowadays we do a lot of programs. We did a fashion show where we had all the doctors, engineers, Pilots uh, walk the ramp for us for the cause. So, and I, I just request people that would you just pause and listen to somebody around you. That's all the world needs today. They need your love. I think the world is tired of religion. Yeah,
1: I think that when love becomes the motivation for leadership, uh, it begins to look a lot like what Jesus did. Because Jesus did not come to start an organization or to start a new movement. He came to love. And uh, we all want to be leaders like Jesus. But what we miss out on is that ingredient of love, where uh, we, our focus sometimes becomes productivity, how much, how many people are coming, how fast they respond, how much is the income in the company, or how quick do I get my results. but. Love requires for us to be, you know, patient and long-suffering and wait it out. And sometimes that process can be very hard. So I want to know from your perspective, how do you keep your uh, heart patient and how do you keep yourself uh, uh, still rooted in the initial message that the Lord gave you when things get tough?
0: Yeah, let me tell you that the more you decide to love, it's going to be tougher and tougher. God would send people uh, into your life who really need love, but they don't know to receive love. So they are so bitter, they they are uh, you know torn by the society and the circumstances, and um, and it's so difficult for them to even believe that somebody can love them, and they may react when you genuinely love them like people who are from a rape background or people who are bitter by people who have cheated them financially. If such people come and you're nice to them, they, they just feel that, I don't know why she's not so nice. So we all in our leadership team we face that challenge that people struggle to receive love because the world is out of love. You know, people are uh, trained to be hypocrite especially the corporate world that I work with, they are not supposed to show their emotion. They are trained in the office, they are trained in houses, they are trained in life to have a plastic face. So because they are so trained to be perfect, slowly, slowly they get into depression because they can't open up. So when I sit with people for counseling, I would tell them that you can actually talk to me what you cannot tell anybody else. And uh, I think as a leader, it takes a while when people would start to even trust you. It doesn't happen overnight. And especially people I deal with are from other background and um, they have training, different training. And suddenly when we give them Jesus, we give them love and we tell them that we don't need anything in return, it's very hard for them to believe. So, sometimes I feel that, oh, I would have spent the money in different ways or maybe would have built a bigger organization or something like that. But end of the day, when I sit silently every night, I ask God, did I do well today? Did I do everything that you asked me to do? Or did I miss out something? So, that helps me to keep my perspective. Otherwise, it's overwhelming.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Having that end goal in mind, is very helpful and so I want to know you know when you're coaching somebody and when you're mentoring somebody what is the end goal that you would envision for them what are the things that uh, you would dream for them or what are the kind of things that you would want them to become because sometimes I'll tell you what happens with a lot of Christians especially is that we only end with getting somebody to pray a, a particular prayer you know or to just you know get them to attend a particular service or get them to just you know do these three things in the checklist and then we think everything is sorted in their life and uh, we don't journey with them to actually reach where god wants them to reach their fullest potential so i want to know because you uh, identify your calling as a life coach as well i want to know when you're coaching somebody What is the end goal that you have in mind to see them reach or attain at the end of the journey?
0: So as a pastor, if I see, uh, my goal was only to help them to understand Jesus. Then as you said, three scriptures, ten scriptures and do your morning prayer, do your evening prayer and then reach out to others. That was the only thing I used to tell them and I did it with maybe 10,000 people over the period of time and then i realized that uh, something is missing Uh, so that's where in 2014 i switched i realized that i cannot just give them some spiritual goal and not relate with them with their daily life they don't see things the way i see as a pastor so i started to get involved with their lives if somebody is overweight i would tell them to go to gym If somebody is having lack of sleep, then I would tell them how to meditate and go to sleep, meditate on the word of God or listen to some music and uh, sleep. If somebody is having business issues, I would help them sort out that. And if somebody is having office issues, how to deal with boss, I will tell them the biblical ways. While doing that, I found myself as a life coach after some time because I'm taking care of the entire thing. So, that's where I realized that people need to know the purpose of their lives. That they are just not here to have a marriage, have some children. Or they are not here just to have a business and have a BMW. Or just have a nice job and become the CEO. That is very, very a fraction of the entire eternity. And there is something more to it every person on this earth is born with the purpose so as a life coach i help them to find who they really are so their giftings their callings and not everybody needs to join full-time ministry maybe the person is uh, called to be a vice president in a company and that's how the light will spread and not everybody you know if the person has four children uh, and the person uh, rejects the four children and gets involved in full-time ministry. That's out-of-balance life. So, as Bible says, you take care of children. Those children made be the Peter and Paul. They can just rise up and change the world. You know, it is sometimes overwhelming. Like 10 years, I had to raise my children and I couldn't pray the way. I used to pray for like 10, 11 hours on my knees, initially the way I used to do. And all I'm doing is changing diapers, all I'm doing is taking care of them when they're sick. And all I'm doing is somebody is calling me, Pastor, I have this problem, I have that problem. I found myself so overwhelmed. And that's where I asked God that, can you please help me? How do I actually balance? That's where he taught me. You can talk to me 24 by 7. Don't wait to come on your knees i can i can get involved while you're taking care of the baby i can get involved while you're uh, you know taking care of a uh, uh, disciple encouraging them i'm i'm always there for you so that's where slowly slowly i switched to have an ongoing conversation with god rather than waiting for my quiet time i used to wait that when the children will sleep then i'll go have the quiet time then he said no while you're cleaning the diaper i can talk to you And trust me, I would have great revelation while cleaning the diaper. The first thing he told me that, see, when the baby makes himself or herself dirty, you're not throwing the baby. You're only throwing the diaper. So that's where when people come to you unclean, you clean them. You teach them how to live. You don't throw them out because they're messy people. Because all of the people that we are going to meet in ministry, as pastors especially, they will have some mess with them, something the world has done to them, something the surrounding has done to them, and they will come broken to you, because that's what Jesus said, it's the sick who needs the doctor, it's not the heal.
1: That's really powerful, Pastor. I want to know, uh, how did you manage to communicate um, everything that God has been teaching you um, in a very effective manner? I know how you've done creative movies and, and how you have tried to effectively reach out to people from other faiths and relate to them and communicate the message to them. This is sometimes hard for leaders because we want everybody to talk our language and we want everybody to understand what we are saying. And sometimes as mothers who are trying to give their children some value system and discipline, and when the children don't get it, it's, it's very hard, you know, it can really affect the parents or, you know, the same thing happens for pastors when they are trying to communicate something to their church members or, or a boss who is trying to, you know, run an organization. So I, I want to know what are some of the things that you did to creatively communicate what God had put into your heart, how God had uh, inspired and blessed you. What are some of the things that you did to creatively communicate that?
0: thing I did decide long ago that I will not teach or preach anything that I don't practice myself so most of the time I would lead by example so suppose I have to forgive somebody and people are observing us all the time so uh, I would take the decision to forgive when there is something that really not so easy to forgive And suppose I have to suggest somebody to go to gym because the person is overweight. So I would actually go to gym and put my photo. So I would ask them, did you work out today? It's my standard question for many years. So I would not tell them that, why are you not going to gym after telling you so many times. I would go to the gym, sweat and then put my picture and tell them, did you work out today in my group or in my status or... Uh, if somebody comes to me with the struggle that they are not able to do it, then I tell them, this is how you do. You go to every 15 minutes, like you start with a 15 minutes workout. Uh, just suppose uh, forgiveness. I tell them that it's a decision. You won't feel like forgiving people, but it's a decision. So I have decided that I won't teach them if I'm not practicing. This is one thing. Secondly, I'm a very audio-visual person. Like when I don't get the point, God speaks to me through dreams. So God would speak to me through vision. So that's where uh, I came to the conclusion that movies will be a very nice way to talk to people. So we started to make short films. So I, I think that sometimes it's, uh, uh, if we can tell them practically, uh, show them examples of our own lives, <laughs> it's easy. Like I'll give you an example of my daughter. They always see me giving. Because God broke my desire for money by giving. God broke my greed for things by giving. And God broke my materialism by giving. So I give a lot whenever he would ask me to give. So one day my daughter had to visit her you know, best friend. And she, it is like three years ago. I'm talking about three years ago. She might be like four and a half years old that time. And she took out her best dress. And she she said, I'm going to give this to my friend because she's my best friend. And I was so surprised because I didn't ask her to do it because they always saw me doing it. So my, my children always give and um, my son would uh, take out like 20 rupees, 30 rupees tithe, whatever money that they get because they see me giving. So, I believe all, all my students, I call them students, all the disciples, uh, many of them, they saw, saw me doing, so they are doing
1: it. Wow, that, that's very powerful. I think that's what Jesus did. He prayed and when he prayed, his disciples came and said, teach us also how to pray. And uh, when we have a lifestyle, when we have a way of uh, doing what we really believe, then it becomes very easy to communicate it, to teach it to other people and to uh, raise disciples that function that way. On a concluding note, Pastor anu, one last question that I'd like to ask is, what are some of the safeguards or boundaries that as leaders we need to place around us to make sure that we protect what God wants us to do, uh, that we protect um, our relationships, we protect our, uh, you know, uh, influences whatever God has entrusted into our hands, the little abilities or talents that God has blessed us with, that we protect them, that we don't uh, misuse it or we don't lose them or we don't do a wrong kind of work with that. So, what are some of the boundaries or safeguards that we can put around ourselves?
0: I think not letting ourselves want out is one thing. Uh, like, oh, we keep doing ministry, we keep doing good, and we don't. Uh, the break to rejuvenate so we can be exhausted doing good then when we are exhausted doing good sometimes we don't want to do good anymore so that is one thing we, sh- we should stop ourselves to be burnt out that means uh, we have to take daily breaks we have to take monthly sabbaticals maybe one or two days and uh, you know one important thing for a successful leader is right When we see that lives are changing because of us and when we see that 20 minutes of my conversation changed that person or I sang really well or I preached really well today where I got so many compliments, so many uh, hits on my videos, you know, that pride comes very easily and that is something i i have faced that it's very easy to be proud so i think the daily routine of me spending time with god before going to bed really helps me where i ask them that did i do well today did i do everything you asked me to do did i like say that thing right or it was a you know i too talk too much maybe it wasn't required so i have a reflection of my day every day Uh, With the Lord, I sit and talk to him and I ask him, tell me honestly, how did I do? This is one thing I do in my quiet time. And second thing I do is when I feel very sad, down and overwhelmed, I tell him honestly that this is how I feel. I'm not feeling like forgiving today. I'm not feeling like loving today. Would you please pour out your grace? And that really helps me.
1: Amazing. On that note, uh, Pasano, could you just take a minute to just pray for our listeners? I know that many of them are inspired by your story and your way of life. And I'm sure that some of them may not even know Jesus as a personal savior or as a personal friend. Some of them may be going through a challenge or a crisis in their leadership where they're doubting themselves and questioning the call of God over their lives. Uh, Could you just pray and speak a word of encouragement from the heart
0: of God? I know it uh, hundreds of times. I felt like I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time. But if you're called by God, he's going to take care of it. He has not made a mistake. He knows what he's doing before the foundation of the earth. And he's never surprised. He's never surprised. He has total a grip over your life. Yes, sometimes we make mistakes, but his grace is sufficient. His grace is totally, totally sufficient. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this lovely opportunity. Nobody is hearing me by chance, Lord. Lord, when I was discouraged, you put so many people on my path that I may be encouraged and run again. So I pray for my beloved brothers and sisters, Lord, today that they will experience your love. Because when we receive love, then only we can give love. Lord, when we receive grace, then only we can give grace. So I pray, Father, that you will saturate them with your liquid love, Lord. It will just flow down from their head to toe. And they will just know in their hearts that my Father loves me. My Father loves me the way I am, with my mistakes, without my mistakes. Lord, I pray that as they receive the love right now, they are going to be healed of everything that has happened in the past. Lord, the physical abuse, the emotional abuses, the verbal abuses, whatever they have gone through, the rejections that they have gone through, they will receive healing right now. Lord, I pray that all the leader, leaders, Father, because we cannot lead others if we are blind. So I pray, Father, that our eyes will remain open and it will be fixed, fixed at you so that we can walk on the water because our calling is equivalent to walking in the water, Lord. It's not easy. I pray that our eyes will be upon you and we will sail through this life. Lord, all those people who are lost, feeling lost, whosoever they are, you know them, you have created them today. I pray that they will find the purpose of their lives because they are born with the destiny. They are born with the purpose. And Lord, I pray that many of them within 24 hours, their eyes will open to know that why they are born, why they are created for such a time as this. In this season, in this time, why they are there where they are planted. I pray for grace for everybody who's hearing God because your grace is sufficient for us under all circumstances and when we are weak we are strong because your power will rest upon us. In Yeshua's name I
1: pray, Amen. Amen. Pastor Anu, thank you so much for taking your time to pour into our people. Um, what are some of the ways that they can get in touch with you? Where do you usually write or you know share whatever the Lord is putting on your heart? online or offline what are the best ways that they can reach out to you
0: um they can contact me i'm a message away person i can always uh, text back if they contact me on my whatsapp otherwise i i'm on instagram i'm on facebook and i have a lot of websites Uh, all the companies that i run the production house that i run everything has websites they can connect with that so uh, they can text me through Instagram or WhatsApp, I can talk to them and I'm, I'm always available and that was my promise to God when I got back to business uh, that I will balance being a pastor and a, an entrepreneur. I'll, I'll never leave my poor job. I'll always be available for people.
1: Amazing. So we'll leave the links to all your social media platforms in the show notes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. The Lord bless you. We hope to see you in person very soon. Friends, I'm sure that the Lord has spoken to you. Uh, Please take a minute to share this with your friends or other people in your churches or in your uh, circle of influence who can be inspired by the story of Pastor Anuradha. Also, if you're in Delhi, if you're in Gurgaon area, you're welcome to go reach out to her in person and meet her and receive from her as well. God bless you all. We'll see you again next month with the next episode for leadership talk.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Hope you were blessed. Do visit pastopridji.com slash podcast to subscribe for more resources related to leadership and various topics.